to be here and to be a part uh, of this church. That video really motivated my heart, and I wanted a copy of that. I wanted to, to show that. Uh, anytime we reach out to people, that's what it's all about. Uh, when I was licensed to the ministry back in um, 86, I began preaching in, I think, 82 or 83. And I uh, got licensed in 86. And I stood there that day, and they asked me what I'm going to do. I said, I'll spend my life helping broken people. And uh, from that time until now, uh, I've never changed that heart. And that's what I'll end up doing. So when I see things like that, it really moves me, motivates me. And uh, I think that's what's going to set churches apart. Uh, I've, I've preached in churches all over this country. I've, I don't know how many different churches I've preached in before I pastored. I, I traveled right about 15 years full time. And uh, here across America and around the world. And I don't know how many places I've preached or pastors that I've known that uh, their whole ministry is about the Sunday morning environment. That's all it's about. It's nothing else. It's building the hype for Sunday morning. They don't have any concept about what takes place outside of a Sunday morning service. Everything has got to be polished for Sunday morning. And uh, I thank God for Sunday mornings. But uh, I, I believe it's every day uh, for us. Amen. And when I see things like that, uh, there's just as much effort if not more, goes into that than it is in a Sunday morning. And uh, that's what moves me and motivates me. And, and so I salute you with everything in me. And Pastor Darrell, uh, that's, that's fabulous. And uh, I, I really am uh, touched by that. Uh, I, I want to I get right into the Word of God. Uh, I'll be here in the, in the morning, and I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, I'm married. I have three children. Uh, my youngest is eight. My oldest is be 24 in November. Uh, her and her husband are expecting their first child late this fall. So I graduate into the grandparent world uh, sometime late this year. I, when I first heard about it, I wasn't too excited for some reason, but it's kind of grown on me a little bit. So a lot of transaction, a lot, lot of transitions has taken place. And uh, uh, so uh, when she was born, I was only about 10. No, I'm just joking. Uh, you kind of just wish you could go back a little bit in age, but uh, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm just so thankful for what for what God has done and what He's doing. Amen. Uh, I want to read some scriptures tonight out of the Word of God, and I, I believe some scriptures that are going that's going to help us. Uh, I want to read. Uh, if you have a Bible, I'm sure they're going to show it up on the screen there. Uh, I want you to turn with me to First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. I thought I had it all planned out, what I was going to do before I got here. It hasn't worked at all. Uh, not because I wasn't prepared. It's just that, you know, you've got to come up with a plan. But then you don't make your plan the final plan. And I've always lived by that. And so I, I wanted, I thought I would do something tonight and pick it up tomorrow. But I, I just really feel... I just really feel that I, I want to just minister some things from my heart that begin to change my life. If, if, I've, if I preach things that change my life, I notice it's, it helps affect others. And, uh, and so uh, I want to talk about, I'm, I'm very, I, I preach a lot about faith, the Word of God, the Spirit of God. Uh, 
uh, I, I really believe the Bible said four times. Four times. You know, the Bible, if the Word says something once, we know it's important. If it says something twice, you know you really, you probably need to pay attention. Three times, uh, mark it. If it's four times, it's time to wake up and smell the coffee here, man. I mean, four times. And the Bible says in Habakkuk that the just shall live by faith. And then he said in the book of Romans, chapter 1, the just shall live by faith. Galatians brought it up again in the third chapter, the just shall live by faith. And then Hebrews chapter 10 begins to tell us that the just shall live by faith. Faith isn't something that you just believe. Uh, people say, what faith are you, Baptist? Are you Methodist? Are you Pentecostal? What? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living by the Word of God. And the Word of God becomes final authority in your life. The Word of God, when it drills down through all of the fears and all of the doubts and all of the unbelief, uh, it will it will eventually get to your spirit, and when it hits your spirit, it will erupt in something I call faith. You know, it's like drilling for oil. <clears throat> they take the drill, and, and, and they set up these big rigs, and they, they, they drill down into the earth, and they go through different bedrock, and, and they go through different levels of the earth. And, and uh, once it gets down through that, eventually they'll hit something we know called oil. And, and that oil comes gushing up out of there and they know they struck it. And I tell people, if you stay to the Word of God and the Word of God will drill down through your heart and it will drill down through all of the heart and it will drill down through all of the doubts and all of the fears. If you keep drilling the Word of God, eventually it's going to hit something called faith and faith will come springing up and all of the manifestations and victories that you've been believing for will be right there before you. And so this is what I believe. And, and I want to just share some things tonight. I just, I just simply, I don't always put titles on things, uh, but I just simply call this, uh, what are you hearing? Because what are you hearing? What you're hearing is what's affecting your life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So what we hear affects our life. So I want to just read a verse here out of chapter 3, verse 1. Of 1 Corinthians, and I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, or this is the King James, and this is what he's saying is, uh, I, I, I want to I speak to you in spiritual issues, in spiritual manners, but I can't do that yet. And the reason why is because you're still carnal. The word carnal means uh, you're, you're still controlled by, by your flesh. You're still controlled by your own desires. And so you're still carnal, you're still babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hereunto you are not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able. For you are yet carnal, or you're still controlled by your, by your senses and all these other things, and, and because you allow different things come into your life. And he begins to explain to them the reason why that's there, because some of you are saying you're of me, and some of you are saying you're of Apollos, but, but he's saying, uh, who, who am I, and who is, who is Apollos? But the part I want to look to, he said, there's things I want to say unto you, but I can't because you're not able to bear them. And I believe that we have to position ourselves. We want to walk in faith. We've got to position ourselves to be able to hear what God's wanting to say unto us. Paul said, there's spiritual things I want to talk about. 
It's amazing on how many Christians I can get around ministry people that I still can't talk about spiritual things because for some reason they've never developed herself in spiritual things. But he said, I want to talk about spiritual things. Now, there's one thing I understand, and that is we must, in the day that we're living in, we must learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? We must learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. We must know. There's two kind of people that really concern me. You have the people that you have one person that uh, they're always hearing God. I mean, every time you talk to him, God said, God said, God said, God said. I mean, I mean, every time God told me, he said, pick that toothpaste. He said, pick this up. I mean, it's always about that. The, that kind of person I get a little bit, you know, about. And then the other person I get a little bit about is uh, that never hear God say anything. So somewhere in between of all the time and no time, there's a time where God is communicating with his people. He's communicating with his people. But the, but the question is, have you disciplined and have you developed your life where you're able to know when it's God speaking to you? When God is really beginning to speak to you on the inside, have you disciplined yourself and developed yourself to be able to get it? If you don't learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, you will never be able to know what Jesus, which is the head of the church, am I right? The Bible said Jesus is the head of the church. He's the, he's the captain in chief of, of the body of Christ, of the army of God. And if we never learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, we're not going to know what Jesus, the head of the church, is saying in our life. And the reason why I say that is because in the book of Acts, uh, the book of Acts, which was written by Luke, right? Uh, the book of Acts starts off like this. It says the former treaties in, in the King James, I quote from the King James, and the reason why is not because I think it's the only translation or the best translation. When you preach in 50, 60 different churches, there's all different kind. I figured I'd stick with one, and, and you just can't go wrong with it. You know, just, I figured if I, it's the most common, so I stayed out of trouble that way. And I just got used to doing it. And uh, so there, I, I'm not just King James or nothing, amen? I'm not the one that believes if Paul read it, I, could, I must do it myself. But, uh, but the King James says this. He said, the former treaties, Luke is writing this, the former treaties or the former writings have I made, and is writing to his friend Theophilus. He said, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until that day in which he was taken up, after that, now that's the words, two words I want to look to. After that, Acts, that that's Acts 1-1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Then he says, after that. Now I want to know what happens after that. I want to know the after that. What he's saying is, in my former writings, that's talking about his gospel. That's the book of Luke. You know, Luke is one of my favorite authors. When it comes to the, four, the three gospels, I call them three because John, I don't classify in there because 92% what you read in John is not in the other uh, three gospels. So out of the three synoptic gospels that we look at, the three synoptic gospels, Luke is my favorite. And the reason why is because I found a verse while I was reading one day that began to trigger something in me. Luke was the only writer that I heard say this. He said, in having had full and complete understanding. 
or perfect understanding. I write this. He had an understanding. Apparently he had an understanding and, an, and a revelation about what Christ did that none of the other ones, none of the other ones mentioned. And so he said, in the former writings have I made, talk to Theophilus. I wrote about all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until that day in which he was taken up. Luke wrote about the genealogy. He wrote about the life of Christ. And he wrote about the death, burial, and resurrection, right? And so he said, in that former writing, I wrote about all that he began both to do and to teach. After that, now... We're in the book of Acts now. Now he's getting ready to tell us after that. After that, he, Jesus, gave commandments unto his disciples, unto his apostles, unto us. He, Jesus, gave commandments unto us. How? Through the Holy Ghost. So what he's saying is while he was with them, he spoke to them. But after that, after he was taken up, he is going to continue to speak. Jesus is still the one who's given direction. He's still the one who's calling the shots. He's still the one in charge. But now he's given us the orders through the Holy Ghost. And if we don't learn to listen to the Holy Ghost, we're not going to hear from the commander-in-chief. Can I get a better amen? Amen. So we have to learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit that dwells in you so we know we hear from Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Amen. The reason why I want to be led by the Spirit because I want to know what the Lord is saying to me. He said when he comes, he will not speak of himself. Why? Because he's going to speak that which the head of the church says to speak. And Luke tells us that in the first couple of verses. That's what I love about it. Now, I want to talk about this hearing aspect. Everything that God's ever done, he's always proclaimed it and spoke it first. Let me read this to you. I, I dug this out, and I wanted to read it because it's, it's something that's just touched my heart one day. I was reading in a book, and I came across this story. And when I did, something just triggered off inside of me. You may have heard this, and you may not have. It said, in the, in the years of the Great Depression here in the United States. Now, what we have come through has not been really good ourselves right now. We have not been in a Great Depression, but we have been in a tremendous, great uh, recession. Borderline that. Now, I don't know how Chicago was hit, but I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I actually live 12 minutes from Dayton International Airport. I passed our 21 minutes further west from that but out of 420 cities in america major cities 420 dayton ohio was 413 on the list 420 being the worst dayton was 413 on the list it's general motors is what dayton ohio was all about they said we were number two behind michigan some said number three ohio was and even through this, I had three men in my church that were base salary men at General Motors at $100,000 uh, base. And they had all of this stuff, and, and they lost it all. And, and everything that went with it, it just seemed like it was the hardest thing that we ever imagined to go through. Even through all of that, even through all of that, I pastor in a community in a county, our whole county... I live in Montgomery County, which is where Dayton is. The county I pastor in, people work in Montgomery County because that's where most of the jobs are. 
The county I pastor in, the whole county is only 30,000 people in the whole county. You probably got 30,000 people in 10 square blocks around here. We have 30,000 in the whole county. I sat in the middle of the cornfields, man. I'm, I'm not joking. That's where we're at. But I watch God continually, even through this time of financial collapse, God continually increased us and increased us and increased us. We never went backward. We never had a year where we just leveled off. We constantly went up and went up and went up. And it's not because of, uh, of because our people had better jobs. It's because they understood that God's word cannot fail. And they never quit the giving aspect. They never quit. In the Great Depression here in the United States said long lines, long lines of jobless Americans were a common sight in larger cities during the 1930s. This was a long time before I was born. It said, long periods of unemployment had caused many to lose faith in themselves and in their future. Feeling angry and humiliated, many were living on charity. Now, that wasn't the American way then. It's uh, been greatly adopted today, but that wasn't the American way then. There was an employer who had one job available. One job. If you were in this condition, if there was one job available, would you go stand in that line? Come on, would you, how, many would, how many would go stand in that line? If you had hungry babies and, and you didn't have food on there, you would do everything you could. So I want you to see this story with me. As the word got out, a long line of applicants formed outside of, the, outside of his office for an interview and a chance at employment. His secretary showed the applicants into the boss's office one at a time. During the middle of the process, a man ran from the back of the line, past the secretary, and ran into the boss's office. In a few minutes, the boss came out with the man and announced to all the others waiting in line, you all can go home because this man has the job. Now, how many heard this story? Here, here's the line. There's the secretary's office. Everybody's waiting. Hot summer day. We've got an opportunity to get a chance at this job. All of a sudden, one in the back of the line runs past everybody, past the secretary. Can you imagine what they were saying in line? Who is this? Who does this idiot think he is? Don't you know you have to wait in line, waiting for security to bring him out or something? But the big man brought him out and said, you all can go home, for this man has a job. Can you imagine the murmuring and the complaining? I didn't get my chance. How could he get it? He hasn't been here. He just got here. We've been waiting all day. He comes from the back of the line and runs in there, and now he has a job, and we got to turn around and go home, and we don't have a chance at this? The man says, what you'll understand I needed someone in this position that could understand Morse code. It takes that. And I saw the interviewing process becoming so long. So I tapped it out. If you can hear this, get out of line and come run into my office right now. He said, the story went on to say, 
Everyone heard the tapping, but only one man understood it. When I read that, inside of my spirit, I heard the Spirit of God begin to speak to me. I've been tapping things out to my people. Because they have not disciplined themselves to hear right. They're not understanding what I'm going to do. But tonight I'm here to tell you, God is going to tap some things out in the Spirit again. And you may seem like you're the last one in line. But if you tune your ear and your spirit to hear what the Spirit of God is tapping out, you will be able to get out of the back of that line and you'll be able to come right into the presence of God and you will be the one who will be able to get everything that God has promised in your life. The problem was everyone heard the noise, but only one man understood what it was. I don't know how he learned that. Maybe he was a military man. Maybe he was something else. I don't know how that worked. But I know he was the one. And so I begin to say, faith cometh, not just by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing a certain sound. I begin to say this for a long time. Faith just doesn't come by hearing the word of God. We quote that. But faith comes by hearing the promise within that word. Or I like to say, faith cometh by hearing God promise. If you read the word of God, but you can't hear the promise in what God is saying, faith won't rise up inside of you. Faith comes by hearing a certain sound. Faith comes by hearing God promise. And we have to do everything we can to discipline ourselves and allow the word of God to become life unto us. That we hear what God is tapping out in the Spirit. Amen? We hear what God is tapping out in the Spirit. Go with me to the book of Isaiah 42. Let me read a few verses. Isaiah 42. I won't have time to go into all of this. I'm going to give you some verses because there's a couple verses I really want to get to. Isaiah 42. Verse 9, Behold, the former things are come to pass. Behold, the former things are come to pass. And a new things do I declare. New things I what? I declare. The former things have come to pass. New things I declare. Now watch what it says. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. So he says, the former things are, in, in, in modern day language, what's happened has happened. I'm going to do something new, and before that news shows up, I'm going to tell you about it. Now I realize he's prophesying a lot here about the coming of Christ and everything that's transpiring, but he said, before it's going to happen, I'm going to tell you. The reason why people are not ready and don't have their faith developed because they're not tapping into what God wants to do. They're not watching. It's like the rapture. Those who are watching and those who are ready are are going to hear and be caught away. People said, well, I, I just didn't see that coming. Well, God, I don't believe God's out to take us by surprise. I, I, I believe, I, I, I have a working relationship. I'm going to tell you, I have a working relationship with the Holy Ghost. I trust in what He's doing. 
I don't believe he's going to allow us to be blindsided. He wants us to know. Oh, but yeah, preacher, you know, the Bible said, eyes not seen nor has ear heard what's recorded in the heart of God. You never know what God's going to do. Oh, I always know what God's going to do. It's flaky Christians I'm confused about. I know what God's going to do. How do you know? He's going to do what he said in his word he's going to do. Non-fail. Eyes not seen, excuse me. Ear has not heard, nor has it been recorded in the heart of man, the things that God's going to do. Don't stop reading there. Because there's another word that comes after that. It says, but. But he hath. Hath means already done. He hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. So it's not that you never know what he's going to do. He's already revealed them unto us so that we can be prepared to receive them when they come. Before they come, I will show you. Chapter 43, look look at something else. Same type of verse. Before they spring forth, I will tell you. Remember ye not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. What he's saying is that the past be the past. Here's the downfall of Christians. They keep allowing past failures to produce future fears. You can't keep allowing the past to dictate your present and your future. You got to get past it. You got to get past it. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will. That's pretty assertive, isn't it? I will do a new things. Now it shall spring forth. Look at the next word. Shall you not know it? Well, how am I? Uh, you're going to do a new thing, and, and now you're asking me, uh, shall you not know it? People say, well, how should I know? Because everything he does, he's going to tell it. I'm going to do a new thing. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's going to do a new thing. But we've got to get to the place where we discipline ourselves to hear what he's doing in the spirit. I don't understand Morse code. I have to deal with Morse code. I was out practicing. I'm getting ready to get my next rating in aviation to become an instrument rated pilot. I've been playing with it for four years. And I haven't done it yet. But so I entered back into flight school and I'm going to hopefully finish up next Friday and have it. But when you're under a hood, they call it and you can't see outside. You have to identify that you're actually on the proper frequency because the, the, uh, the instrumentation in the aircraft is going to pick up a frequency from the approach frequency. And when you log on to that frequency, you have to test it, and it gives you a Morse code, and you've got to match the Morse code with what's on the approach plates. I don't understand what it's saying, but I've got to make sure I get the right longs and shorts and the little beeps right. So whatever you have to do to get yourself To hear from God, that's what you've got to do. Amen. I want you to know this. Before things happen, I'm going to tell you. Now, he prophesied about the coming of Christ, didn't he? He prophesied about the coming of Christ. Now, I want to jump back and read one more verse now that I'm thinking about it. 
Go, go back to Isaiah chapter 10. Let me add this in here so the next verse will make sense to you. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass. That's one of my favorite sayings. It shall. And then my next one was, and it came to pass. I love those two. It shall come to pass in that day. In that day. He said, there's going to be a day this shall come to pass. He's telling us that a certain day will happen. It's going to come to pass. Here's what's going to happen on that day. His burden, whose burden? The burden of the enemy shall be lifted off of your shoulder. And his yoke from off of your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing has burden lifting, yoke destroying power. That's what the anointing does. It lifts burdens and destroys yokes. Now, it doesn't just break it, it destroys it. You know, you can fix what's broke. This word destroy means to ground the powder, to actually to be obliterated. It's, it's gone. You can't put it together. It's destroyed. And what he's saying is when this anointing shows up, it's going to lift burdens and it's got the ability to destroy every yoke. Now, let me, just, let me explain a little bit the difference between a burden and a yoke. A burden is the load in which you carry. They call oxen and stuff like that. They call them beast of burden because they carry a burden. They carry a yoke. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I won't put this upon you. But the enemy will burden you down. He will put a load on you. Stress, people having, you know, heart problems and, and a lot of high blood pressures and a lot of physical things is called by pressures of life. It's that they're carrying a load that they don't need to carry. They, they need to learn how to cast that load or that care off on him. But the enemy will do everything he can to load you down. <clears throat> That's his job. He wants to load you down. But the yoke is, there's, there's a purpose for the yoke. The load goes on some type of a, of a sled or whatever. The yoke is the apparatus that connects you to that burden. The yoke is the apparatus that connects the, 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 the ox or, or the horse or, or, or who, what's ever pulling. The yoke is the apparatus that ties you or connects you to that burden. And so what he says when the anointing shows up, it's not only going to unload your wagon. It's not only going to remove your burden, but it will destroy the very apparatus that tied you to that load. So many people are wanting their burdens to be lifted, but they keep getting loaded back down because they're still attached to the very thing that caused the problem. But when the anointing comes, it's not just coming to lift your burden, but it will destroy the very apparatus that has tied you to that mess. Glory to God. One day my burden just wasn't lifted. He came down upon me and he didn't only just lift my burden, but he destroyed the yoke. The enemy had nothing else to tie me down to anymore. <clears throat> Hallelujah. It's gone. It's destroyed. And he's prophesying that there will come a day when this burden is going to be lifted and this yoke will be destroyed and it will never tie you down again. And I believe that's what tonight's about. 
It's going to be burden lifting. I, I, I feel a real strong unction in me. I'm, I'm, I'm past this. I'm almost in this preaching mode. <laughs> I feel a strong unction because I desire for people to be free. I don't want your burden just to be lifted. I want the yoke to be destroyed. When people come to the altar and get free before they get home, they're bound again. You know why? Because they allowed God to unload their wagon while they were here. But they never allowed the finished work of the Holy Ghost to destroy the apparatus. And they drag an empty wagon back to the car. And while they're on the way back here, it says when the word of Mark says, and when the word of God is sown, immediately the thief cometh. So what happens is, I got my hand full here. So what, what, what happens is, when, uh, when you get your, your thing unloaded, while you're walking back to the car, the enemy is loading you back up. And then by the time you get home, you're just <laughs> doomed, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> but when the anointing has its perfect work, it doesn't only unload your wagon. But it disconnects you from that wagon. It destroys it. Amen. How many needs that? Oh, I've needed it in my life more than once. More than once. Amen. All right. Go with me to Luke's gospel. One of my favorite gospels, right? I'm going to give you some highlights because I don't want to do all your studying for you. Because that's what's good. My biggest concern about the day ahead is people not knowing how to navigate the Word of God anymore. Not knowing how to navigate the Word of God. Whatever you do, folks, listen to me. I don't care how many electronic devices we get. I use them to my benefit. But I never want to quit navigating the Scriptures. I want to be able to take it and find Hosea. Obadiah, Jeremiah, come on. I want to be able to find books of the Bible because I know where they're at. Amen? Don't ever let the enemy steal your love for this. Jesus came, in in Luke chapter 4, he came to the synagogue one day. And uh, verse 16, it says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. That's where we started from, wasn't it? And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. That means he went there on purpose. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't like some Christians. God, I need an answer. All right. No. He did it on purpose. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me. Now, if Friday night or Thursday night, here I begin talking about the identity of Christ. I said the word Christ wasn't just the last name of Jesus. The word Christ literally meant we, when we say the word uh, Christ uh, in, the, in the Hebrew or the Jews, they, they don't hear the word Christ. They hear the word Messiah. They translated it. 
Or they translate it to be Messiah. Well, who is the Messiah? He is the anointed one. Well, what's the anointed one going to do? What's he anointed to do? He's anointed to lift your burdens. He's anointed to destroy your yokes. That's what he's anointed to do. He's anointed with his power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that's oppressed of the devil. For he was with him. And so, when he stood up that day, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Now, when he said he has anointed me, we read the word anointing. I'm going to give you a definition of anointing in a minute. But what they heard was, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that's come to not only empty your wagon, but I'm the one that's come to destroy the yoke. I'm, I'm, I'm he. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. He has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, it's amazing. A lot of people take all of these by face values, but that one. To preach the gospel to the poor. No, he's talking about poor in heart, poor in spirit. No, I think he's talking about poor, poor, poor. Because he's talking about... The brokenhearted, he's talking about brokenhearted. He's, this, that's, that's not a symbolism. It's brokenhearted. I, I believe what he's saying is, you don't have to be poor anymore. You're saying, well, how do you get that? Because when Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law, he redeemed us from a threefold curse. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death are the second death. So he cares just as much about your, your, well, your welfare and, and prosperity as he does anything else. He came to preach the gospel to the poor. He came to preach it to the poor. He came to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captive. The recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. He came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That is the jubilee year. The jubilee means all of your debts are clear and free. This is what the anointed one, the Messiah, stood up. He stood up and he says, listen... I am he, I am he, I'm the anointed one that's come, and I'm preaching the gospel to the poor. I've come to heal the brokenhearted, to set people free, to bring healing and deliverance. I, I'm he, remember, it shall come to pass in that day, his burden in that day. Now let's look at here, let's see if it ties. Verse 20, and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down and all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. I mean, they were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, this day, this is the day that Isaiah began to prophesy about. This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. The question I have, you know, when, for him to preach this, it had to be available there. That means there were poor people, they were bound people, they were broken hearted people in the synagogue that day. If, if they're not available, the anointing is not there. I can tell what's going on in a congregation. I can tell when people need to be healed because I, I sense this healing anointing. It, I'm very familiar with it. That's because it's present. That anointing recognizes Different burdens. And it's sent to attack it. You know, it's easy to flow in the gifts because the anointing will guide you. I mean, it would, it would just draw you to that. 
Because that anointing is programmed. It, 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 it's almost like a dog that's, that's bred to hunt. I mean, you turn it loose and all it wants to do is hunt. And the anointing of God was created to destroy yokes and to lift burdens. And, and anytime there's a yoke and a burden in the place, it wants to attack it. That's why it is. God's not trying to play hard to get. He's an easy touch. That's God. He's not playing hard to get. You know the sad part about this story? No one got healed. Zero. Jesus himself. You ever notice that? And all bore him witness and wondered at his gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. What a beautiful message. That was a wonderful word. They said, is this not Joseph's son? He just said, I'm the anointed one. But they said, is this not Joseph's son? And they left there because they did not hear. They did not hear. Say they did not hear. Here's here's what happened. Here's what I begin to see. When he stood up that day, God put out a sound. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Tap, 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 tap. For he has anointed me. Tap, 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 tap. He's anointing me to preach the gospel to the poor. Tap, 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 tap. He was tapping it out. All, they wondered at his gracious words. Watch this. They all heard the words, but no one understood what he meant. I've left many services brokenhearted and cry on the way home because I sensed God wanted to do something. God tapped it out in the spirit. But people were more concerned about the time, more concerned about what's going on. Maybe my suit, maybe my hair or lack thereof. Or whatever the situation is. They heard a sound, but they did not hear what he was saying. If you want to be more than just a believer, you want to be more than just a Christian, you really want to live free and live and, and live liberated. It's not enough just to hear a preaching. You've got to hear what's being tapped out in the Spirit. You've got to hear what's being tapped out in the Spirit. There's two verses in Mark. I won't take time to read them. It said, and Jesus came out around the They came from all around Galilee in the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. They didn't come just to be healed. They came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. I can always tell when people are ready to be free because they didn't come to just get healed. They came to hear and bow themselves before the Word of God and to hear and then be healed. I want you to understand that it's God's will that you be healed. It's God's will that you be free. It's God's will that you be liberated. It's God's will for the anointing of God to go in you. Here is the definition of the anointing I like. The anointing, this is what I feel on me now. The anointing is the part of God that comes up on man or woman. To do and accomplish only the things that God can do. That's the anointing. 
when I sense this anointing come upon me, it's, it's that part of God that presides in us, that comes upon us to accomplish only those things that God himself can only do. I'm not the healer. But Christ in me is the hope of glory. I, I, I'm not the deliverer. But there's anointing in me that can do the things that God can do. You're sitting here tonight, you've got one or two choices. You can hear what I said or you can hear what I said. You can hear the noise of the word or you could hear and allow what I said to change you and separate you from the issues of life. The strife. The broken hearted. The disunity in your families or whatever it is. The spirit of the Lord is upon us tonight. And he's in this house. To not just lift your burden. But he's here to destroy your yoke as well. Would you stand with me? Father, I thank you for the Holy One. Oh, I thank you for stirring in my spirit right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are healer. You are deliverer. You are deliverer. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to do right now. I'm going to do two things, but I'm going to do this right now. When I do this, the results have always been fabulous. If you're here right now and you've got pain in your body right now, not that you had pain this morning or you're planning on having pain tonight. I'm talking about if it's in your body, anywhere right now, the discomfort, a constant dizziness, or whatever it is. If you have that right now, I want you to get your seat. I want you to come right now. If you've got pain right now, I want you to come right now. You're saying, why would you do this? Because there's no mistake when it's gone. You don't have to go home and check and wonder where it's at. You know why I do this? I'm not ashamed of this because it's not me. It's the anointing. That lifts this burden and destroys this yoke. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You that have come, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to thank God. I want you to thank Jesus for coming to set you free tonight. And not the preacher. I want you to thank Him. I want you to thank Him. I may ask you where it's at and I may not. But I want you to thank Him. I want you to thank Him. Father, I thank you tonight. Jesus, you said that you come to do this. Today is the day. Is the scripture fulfilled in our life? Now, we thank you today. It's fulfilled. It's fulfilled right now. It's fulfilled right now in the name of Jesus. It's fulfilled right now. 
I want you to not, I don't want you to just hear it. I want you to see it. This pain is out of my body now. Out of my body now. Out of my body now. I'm just led to just pray for you first. Where, 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 where's this pain at? All right. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, I lay hands on her. By you, Jesus, the head of the church, you had me to do this. I, this is not my own. This is not my own deal. Now, Father, I thank you right now. This pain is driven from her body. You obey me now. By the position I stand in Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to work that. I want you to work that. Where's your pain, brother? Shoulder, rib, and back. Shoulder? Both sides? Just one side. Rib and back. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Power of God go into you right now. Pain, you leave. You leave. In Jesus' name. I want you to move that. In the name of Jesus, I command this pain to leave right now. Oh, yes. Gone. Dissipate. Amen. Where we ask Right hip and right side. In the name of Jesus, I command this right hip and right side. Put your hand on it. In Jesus' name. Pain you leave. The very cause of it to come back into alignment. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let that work in you. See, the anointing of God goes in and it goes to work. It doesn't just, it's, it's not a radio wave where it goes in and leaves. It, it, it comes in and it, it begins the process of doing this. Hallelujah. It's on you. The healing power of God's on you. Amen. Amen. Move that. Hallelujah. Just move. Amen. In the name of Jesus, pain you leave. In the name of Jesus. We believe right now. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Doctor Merrill, I don't know if you. I don't. You may not even had problem. You may not even know. But since I laid my hand on you. I heard this on the inside of me. I'm fixing something in this digestive area. What, 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 whatever that would have been, it just like it just that word came to me. Father, I thank you. I thank you. Today, it's not a good feeling. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, they say all these things. So your lips don't get tore up. I watch my daughter go through it. I 
We don't have to just always do the natural. But we have the supernatural. Father, I thank you for this pain to leave. In Jesus' name. watching what one man will do why don't you participate in this there's nothing like a corporate anointing corporate flow amen multiple pains throughout this body you obey right now you obey right now we drive you from this body we drive you from this body in the name of Jesus it runs right down out of this body, right out of the bottom. In Jesus' name. You sense that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Back away. Back in multiple pains. In the name of Jesus. I speak to you back, and I speak to you pain. God, you didn't create this body with pain. And I don't have to know why it's painful or, or what causes it. All I know is the anointing lifts it and destroys it. And that's what I've been sent here. That's my assignment tonight. I command this pain to leave. You said, according to your word and their faith, this happens right now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus right now. Taking care of right now. Oh Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Just take that left leg and just allow that glory to God. Glory to God. Fresh you. Fresh you. You see, you feel that? In the name of Jesus. Now, by the power of God, Jesus, the name that stands supreme in all three worlds, heaven, earth, and hell. Jesus' name lifts and destroys. In the name of Jesus, the 
power of God goes into her right now. Goes into her right now. Since virtue flowing right now. In Jesus' name, virtue. Virtue. Father, you get on this shoulder right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you're the great physician. It's not that we discount any earthly physician. But we have a higher call right here, a higher physician. Do a work in this shoulder right now. Do a work in this shoulder right now. Holy Spirit move throughout this shoulder and down this side life in it life in it come on, just move that just allow that anointing to work in it the anointing to work in it in the name of Jesus and I pray for the power of God pain leave in Jesus name you foul spirit curse you and I adjourn you now in the name of Jesus not I had somebody pause because I didn't sense it going into them but I got it to where they received it but I, I sensed a release in every one in every one now Father I thank you that you are and Jesus you have and we are the recipients of it I thank you for the healing of Father, I pray over everyone right now. I pray for unity in people's homes and marriages. 
I thank you for the heart of the children coming back to the hearts of the mommies and daddies and, and the hearts of the parents back to the hearts of the children right now. I call for the manifestations of the power of God to be in this house, this worship place right here. Father, I thank you for it in your name. We declare blessing. We declare wholeness. Wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Father, I thank you that we walk free from sickness, plague, disaster, destruction, or diseases. We walk free from it in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you for being obedient to the Lord. Just keep checking your body out and stuff. And You don't have it tonight because Pastor Ken says you have it. You have it tonight because Jesus says that you have it. And, uh, man, that's, that's a good word. Can we, uh, first of all, say thank you to God, and then thank you to Pastor Ken for being obedient. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, God. Wow. wow. That was good. That was good. Um, if, if you know anybody that, that needs this, we're going to have a service tomorrow morning at 930. If you want to just come back, because I believe God is just... Um, Sorry, I got something in my hair. Uh, God has just done something amazing uh, these past several nights here uh, with pastors from around the Midwest. And I believe, I don't know, I just have such an anticipation for tomorrow morning and what God wants to do that if you want to come back uh, tomorrow, not only to receive the word, but maybe there's a word for you or healing or something, or you know somebody that needs to be here uh, tomorrow morning at 930, we're going to continue uh, just seeking the Lord and, uh, and being there. And for those who are prayed for tonight, just keep checking yourself out. Just keep, uh, just keep uh, believing and receiving. Hey, we want to receive an, an offering for Pastor Ken. Uh, not only does he minister at his church and across the United States, he goes around the world. And uh, traveling for missions uh, is something that is of a great expense. And we want to sow a seed into his life. We are not just generous with our missionaries uh, this week, we're going to be generous with Pastor Ken, and so I want you to give your very best offering toward him and his ministry, and I just want to tell you uh, that I know Pastor Ken, and I know anything sown into his life, into his ministry, is good ground, and uh, we want to sow seeds into good soil. And uh, so, I'm going to ask the men to come forward as they do. We're going to pray that God blesses Pastor Ken, his life, his ministry. God, we thank you for this opportunity to give. Lord, we give um, to you that you may increase your servant's ministry around the world. And God, we pray that blessing that he has been to us to be upon him. And uh, Lord, that he will go home to his church. And when he's there tomorrow night, he will just have a fresh anointing when he returns home. And uh, God, again, thank you for this opportunity to give to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you uh, give tonight, I'm going to ask you to do something. He would never say this, but I'm going to ask you to do this. I don't know about you, but uh, a weekend with the Word doesn't cut it for me. I need the Word in my life every day. And uh, Pastor Ken has resources in the lobby of, of messages that he, he's preached. And uh, again, I hope that you'll go out there and just maybe buy a CD or something that you can kind of soak in God's Word in the, in the weeks to come. And uh, I picked up two uh, sets for myself because I don't know about you. I just want more of the Word. I want more of a fresh voice from God speaking into my life. And, again, Pastor Ken's that guy. So I encourage you when you step out of here, 
uh, to go ahead and, uh, and, and pick something up before you head home so you have that. also encourage you to come back tomorrow morning and to receive from the Lord or maybe watch online. But if you know somebody that needs prayer, that they would be here tomorrow morning. And uh, also, so many great things happening. Look inside your bulletin. Get involved. Don't just be a, a weekend Christian. Be one that's involved all week with God, and there's so many great places for you to be involved with that. And I encourage you to come back next weekend, Pentecost weekend, to celebrate with God. Would you uh, stand for the blessing of the Lord tonight? Thank you for being here. Uh, Pastor Ken will be. Do uh, you want to just head out to your table and just be out there? Um, so if you want to just talk or pray or, or pick something up, uh, Pastor Ken will be uh, in the lobby. But we re- just receive the blessing of the Lord as we go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that comes from your word. And God, as we have heard tonight so clearly, we want to know your word to us today. May we hear you tapping out this week your message to us And I thank you for that message of blessing. God, I thank you for that message of favor. God, I thank you for that message of protection. God, I thank you for that message that you are always with us. And so, Lord, keep us safe, keep us strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. We love you tonight. We honor you. We worship you.